Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan. Here we explore an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Check the link tree in the bio for lots of great resources. Merry meet all. This podcast is recorded on the homeland of the Duwamish people, and more broadly, the Coast Salish people, as well as many other indigenous tribes that make their home here in the Pacific Northwest of America, past, present, and future. As a spiritual being and steward of this land that I call home, I feel honored with the responsibility of caring for this piece of our planet. Please take a moment to join me in honoring the original stewards of the land on which you are residing and a moment of gratitude for the earth itself and the bounty it provides. Please join me in words that work for you. To the ancestors that hold this ground and for those spirits yet to come, May you fill me with guidance as I learn my place as a steward of this land and its creatures. In the gift of this role, I hold gratitude for all that surrounds me, for the water which cleanses me, for the earth's fruit which nourishes me, for the air that breathes life, for the fire that warms as it burns and for the divine cosmos within. I am a child of the universe, at one with the trees and the stars. May the tides of the moon fill me with silver and the sunbeams tint me in gold. From light to dark, from birth to death, spring to winter, new moon to full, and back again. It is a beautiful world, one worth protecting. This I will, as within, so without, as above, so below, as I am, so mote it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to compensate for the land that was stolen through violence and broken land treaties. I encourage you to look into and participate in Real Rent programs that support Indigenous communities in your area. I also encourage you to take an active stance in environmental issues, both at home and worldwide. Our planet needs its stewards, now more than ever. It can be as simple as picking up trash in your neighborhood, using less water, and buying local goods. Check out the link tree in the bio for more great ways to connect with our planet and give back. A witch never needs anything other than themselves. Repeat that. Make it your mantra. A witch never needs anything other than themselves. Seriously though, everything that comes after that is all optional. As with our conversation around altars, I encourage you to truly consider the life cycle of your items, where they are made and where they end up. How can you help create a more sustainable cycle? 
Another key thing, items should come with time, not in a single shopping spree. This isn't about rounding up all your tools in one fell swoop. The only exception being that if you're taking a walk in nature and the universe just happens to throw lots of great tools in your path. But let it take time. It's taken me almost 20 years to collect all the tools on my altar. Each one has a unique story that is important to my journey as a witch. Many tools that fill the witch's kit are what you might expect. Wands, cauldrons, divination tools, candles, gems. But each witch chooses to work with the tools that work best for them. You may find that your tool selection is greatly dependent on the season. For instance, I use my cauldron a lot more in the darker months, whereas in the summer months I find myself working with my wand more. It is something that you will naturally start to tune into. Listen to yourself. Find space and time to have quiet mind so that your internal self has a chance to speak up. And I'm not talking your self-doubt or the usual internal self-monologue. I'm talking about the astral self that lives within you and stays constantly attuned to the world around you on all the various planes of existence. The history of each tool predates the modern practice of witchcraft, and many tools are used in various other religious practices. Because the history is so deep and wide, this episode is focused more on the practical guide, a bit of a supplies list for those not sure where to begin. Tools are there to help focus your intent, to provide a physical way to connect via our senses. They help focus and interpret the energy around us, but they are never required. Again, repeat, a witch never needs anything but themselves. All right, witches, let's step through some of the basic tools, examples of items, and how they might be used. This section is a bit long, and I apologize for that. Be sure to check the Instagram for an easy visual list, and in the meantime, grab that pen and paper. Let's start with elemental representations, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. They're great and simple ways to start your altar. You can do a fully natural gather or use symbols on paper. You can make things whatever that internal part of you chimes in with. Here are some examples or ideas. For earth, seeds, pine cones, a small plant, like a succulent, representations of the green man or pan from lore, a small branch, leaves, any type of greenery, images of gnomes and hobbits. Air, feather, bell, fan, wind chimes, whistle, harmonica, Wind-blown seeds like dandelions. Images of birds or sylphs. Fire. Brightly colored gems or flowers. Candle flame. Peppers or other spicy items. Incense. Images of dragons, snakes, salamanders, or fire sprites. Water. A shell. A vial of moon water. Driftwood or seaweed. Mirrors. Images of mermaids or water undines. The next item on our list is personal signifiers or representations. As I mentioned in the altar episode, these are personal mementos that help remind you of your witchy power or perhaps to aid in your spell work. You'll also want a representation of balance. I mentioned using a white candle and a black candle, but you could use other representations as well. Scales of justice, a yin-yang, if you do use candles, consider that they could be big or small, but should be burned and refreshed often. I use these during my lunar meditations and switch them out with the waning new moon. 
Another item you might use is a spell box. This is a box used to hold smaller spells, a little bit of a circle within a circle. It's certainly one of the more luxurious items on a witch's altar and isn't seen every time. A more typical item you'll see is an athame, and this is a ritual knife. Not all witches use an athame, many use a wand instead, but if you do choose to use a knife, it's up to you whether or not it's a sharpened blade. Please be sure to be safe with this, especially if you have kids in the house. Wand. These wands are typically made from wood and adorned or decorated based on a witch's practice. I love going out into the woods, finding a really great um, thick little stick, uh, whittling it down, decorating it, and, and really making it my own personal piece. Another typical item you might see is a cauldron. These come in a variety of sizes. You do want this to be cast iron typically, as it's a good place to burn items for spells or incense. And while it houses fire, a cauldron helps bring the element of earth to your altar. Just a quick note on fire safety, please, please, please never leave anything unattended burning. So very, very important. Safety comes first. Another typical item is the broom. And while this may seem cliche, the broom is actually used to cleanse the space. And it's also that comes something that comes in a variety of sizes. So you could get a regular size broom or a smaller size broom, and you want this to be fully wicker or wood. Um, you use these during various cleansing rituals and typically those involving a space. I love to sweep my space once every new moon. Another item is the chalice, a ritual cup traditionally used to represent water on the altar. Ideally, whether wood, stone, or other material, you want your chalice to be able to hold a small amount of liquid for ritual use. Similar is a mortar and pestle. This tool allows you to grind your own powders and herbs. They typically come in stone or wood, and some witches keep this in the kitchen as opposed to the altar. No long way here. Bell. Bells are used to bring influence of air to your toolkit. There are some witches who do not use bells because of beliefs about its impact on the ethereal plane. Like most metal, fairies are said to really dislike bells, or that their elemental structure helps break up gathered energy. Gemstones. These are a popular tool in the witch's trade. My one disclosure is this. The stone has no intent or ability to act upon the universe. Gems are great for tuning and storing energy for a spell. However, as a pragmatic pagan, I do warn that gems don't cure disease or other health problems. We will talk more about the healing arts in another episode. A pentacle. This five-pointed star surrounded by a circle is a representation of all the elements with the highest point being spirit, used to represent all elements. Incense burner. These come in so many shapes, sizes, and varieties. It truly depends on the form of your incense. Stick, powder, oil, and a few others. Pick one that feels great for you. The rest of these tools are what we call consumables. You will use them and probably end up buying more. Incense. Pick scents that work for you. If you learn that a certain scent represents something, make sure that it represents that to you. I know that for me personally, some scents that are supposed to be relaxing just give me a headache. However, other scents not typically known for that quality work better for me. Always do what works for you. Moon water and holy water. Ideally, this is fresh water pulled from a running stream and then left to sit under a full moon to gather that full moon energy. However, do what you can. Use the freshest water you can and then from there focus on instilling it with all that good vibe. Yarn or ribbon. 
Typically a variety of colors of these are kept for doing knot magic. I like to use embroidery th thread since you can keep the strands together for a thicker piece or pull them apart for thinner pieces. They make great knotted bracelets. I also really enjoy using ribbon when I can afford it. Candles. Typically in a variety of colors, sizes, and shapes that are doing general and or candle magic. You can carve runes into them, add incense, or pair with knot or gemstone work. In these last two, color is very important, and we'll get more into color magic later, but this is again finding out what tunes and responds for you. What does red mean for you? What does blue mean for you? If something says you must use yellow for cleansing and that doesn't feel cleansing for you, don't use yellow, right? So figure out what that's going to be. And we'll spend a whole episode going through the different colors and figuring out how your intent vibes with each color. In addition to the items in a witch's toolbox, there's an additional set of tools for the art of divination. This includes tarot, runes, astrology charts, tea and palm reading, black scrying mirrors, crystal balls, and so much more. We will spend a whole episode focusing on the art of divination, so stay tuned! Have a topic you want to learn more about, or a request for a spell? Please let me know. Your suggestion may be featured in an upcoming podcast. You can find me on Instagram at the Pragmatic Pagan, on Twitter at Pagan Pragmatic, or on Facebook at a Pragmatic Pagan. If you follow me on Anchor Podcasts, you can even send me an audio question that may be played. Check it out. Would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm.